here because we're we are um i'm helping larry with a section of his book basically about target panic and the barebow and how in barebow we address it um but i went to i went to etar this weekend and that um, it's the Eastern Traditional Archery Rendezvous. The place is just full of every style and shooting form you can imagine because it's tra- traditional archery, and that's what that's what you do. Um, you know, it's like it's your purest form of you shoot how you want to shoot, whatever makes you happy type of deal, which is good. Um, you know, but in the competition side, you know, you got to refine that a little bit. And you know, I'm standing there working with people and I'm watching guys try to implement, you know, like a, they're, they're trying to shoot through a clicker and the click, like they're thinking about, Oh, I, I double click the clicker and like getting all panicky. And, and I said, dude, you're, you're just complicating this so much more. And I think that's what it is. Like we, there's such a plethora of information out there that we complicate archery so much so much mm-hmm. and we don't have to so but anyways um gentlemen <laughs> this is my friend Gaius carter he is what is your position at a i believe the term is director of marketing but it's more than that <laughs> <laughs> director of marketing and much much more um you obviously know who who larry wise is yeah, yeah. um hey, have we met before i don't uh... I don't know if I've met you. Um, I've seen you around. Yeah, all over. <laughs> been around. <laughs> yeah, been around. And uh, and Doc McCune, um, our our elder of the group. No, no, be careful. <laughs> Gentle. Um, I have to switch screens real quick. I'm gonna go. I got to go live uh, on Facebook. But the bottom line is, Gaius, is we're going to talk about um, just what we talked about via text. And it's we're going to talk about, I'm going to do a quick introduction. Um, and then we're going to talk about, give you, let you sort of say who you are and what you do, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm going to preface the story of like what we talked about via text, essentially. And then, and, and what happened to you, then I'd like you to talk about like what happened in that situation, yeah. because I think, you know, obviously this is we can talk about. what's that part of what we can talk about, uh, the, the full story. And I'll tell you all is, uh, I actually had a vein, uh, come off mid flight, which is what crashed. However, we're not talking about that because that's, that's the company I work for. So, oh, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, yep. Understand. You can talk about, you can. Yeah. And it, it's. From However, coaching you basis, want. any arrow that misses um, is how, how you can handle that. So, yeah, yeah. we're not, you don't have to get into why you missed per se, because it, I think in some ways that doesn't matter. Yeah, the response or the, the, the internal and external response has to be the same. It doesn't matter if it's an equipment failure or if it's a, um, a you failure or, yep. or a me failure. You know what I mean? So, yep. I think that's the, that's the, the notion as to what, what we want to talk about. So, all right, I, I got to switch screens here real quick um, and go live on Facebook and pull up the page. Let's see, Sean is with us. Mm-hmm. Howdy, Sean. Sean is one of our uh, students from our online class, one of our online classes that we have shot or have, have taught. Um, and he joins in with the live feed kind of behind the scenes. So we're going to let the live feed play out here for a minute. Let some people get on. Um, classes that we shot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, so we are live, officially live. We'll see. I'm sure some people will join in. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar, this is the Archery Coach Cast. This is a live uh, podcast where people can interact and talk to the guests and the coaches and whomever you choose. Um, and you can have a discussion and, and, and get feedback about things you got going on in your archery world um my name is frank mcdonough i am the facilitator of the podcast i don't like calling myself a a host because i have 
two gentlemen who know and for probably forgot more about archery than I ever will know um, with me. And that would be Doc McCune, Mr. Larry Wise. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Good. Glad to be back at it another Monday at noon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Another topic, yep. another victim. I mean, another guest another <laughs> to help us out. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So I like I like that another victim. So today this is episode uh, sixteen, I believe. Uh, 16 18. Or 17, 18. 18. 18. Yeah, let me do the math, Frank. Yeah, you. That's all right. I forgot. You're the math teacher. You, you handle that. I just worry about the content. Um, He's good up to twenty. We're joined. I'm sorry, Doc. What'd you say? I said Larry's good up to twenty, and then that's good. it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Fingers and toes. Fingers and toes. Um, we're joined with Gaius Carter, um, a, a friend of mine, someone I know through actually the Bearable Project and some involvement there, but he is a professional archer, um, or tries to be, now I'm just playing, and uh, had one heck of an NFAA roundup week, uh, week really, week long. I don't think you shot all the tournaments, right? You didn't shoot them all. Yeah, I shot all of them. Oh, you did end up shooting them all? I'm thinking of somebody else because I know there's some people. Oh, that might have been Steve Anderson, actually, who mentioned he didn't shoot them all. He didn't shoot the outdoor target. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we're talking about that recovery aspect from when in a brief moment, whatever the situation may be, the bottom sort of falls out of your game plan and an arrow goes errant. And that, that one single arrow can have either an amazing effect on you or a not so good effect on you. And we're sort of talking about that. And, and Gaius is going to talk about his experience a little bit. Um, and from a professional standpoint, it's got to be, you know, is the approach any, really any different than an amateur or a kid or, you know, how can coaches kind of help shooters through stuff like that? In your situation, a coach can't do much because you're in the middle of a mountain shooting at a hunter face. But um, so let's, can you just give us a, a quick introduction of who you are, your archery experience, and let's get into that that hunt around and talk about that situation and, and from your standpoint and from what you do, how do you handle those situations? Yeah, so my name is Gaius Carter. Um, I am the director of marketing for Arizona Archery Enterprises, AAE, hey. um, and uh, I shoot archery professionally. Uh, prior to AAE, I had a little bit of the uh, bow junkie involvement. Um, so, yeah, a, a little bit of everything here and there. Um, the archery-wise, uh, I shot really great on the, uh, the field round, um, like a 649 with like 93 X's or something like that. Um, going into the hunter, I want to say it was like the third or fourth target, um, had a little bit of a, an incident, which uh, resulted in a miss, um, which is never fun. And you never want to see that. I actually expected it to hit the middle and everyone behind me goes, uh, uh, nope. Wood. I think it was Steve that goes wood. <laughs> Ooh. I think, yeah. uh, I think, was that the video? Was that a video of that shot that you put on Instagram or was that uh, a different shot? That was, that was a video of the, uh, animal round. Oh, okay. But anyways, you're like, yeah, perfectly executed shot. And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if this is the one, but yeah. anyway. So it ended up being in the wood um, and actually it was a walk up. So I believe that was the second arrow um, that I shot that ended up being the zero. And then the next two after that were X's. Well, you know, I through the field round, I had a plan, right? Um, and then the big thing that I carry over my head through events is, um, I am going to stay focused and execute with intent. And that's what gets me, you know, to shoot the 93 X's to, to perform well. Um, and I carried the same plan through the field, through the, the hunter round. Um, had a miss, what are you going to do? You can't, can't stop it. It's already gone. So you continue with the plan and continue to execute and don't make any mistakes, realize what happened and see if you can not do that again. So where were you at at that point in the standings? Um, I believe, I think I was tied with Braden for first. Um, yeah, I thought you were either tied or in first, if I remember watching the coverage yeah. um, correctly somewhere. But still, so, you know, the 
on the mental side of things, like you just went from, and it, it's sure it's what it's six point, a six point potential loss. So while six points isn't a lot generally in the pro division, in the top four (laughs) in the pro division, that's a significant number. Oh yeah. Um, So it's not just the idea of recovering from the errant shot. It's the idea of covering, recovering from, or maybe just not allowing it to affect you. The idea of going from first to potentially what would be the second tiered group necessarily. Like you're, you, you don't know what they're shooting behind you, et cetera, et cetera. So you didn't go into the day planning on shooting more bad shots or letting bad things happen. You, you go out there and plan to expect nothing but arrows in the middle. Um, so that's you just got to have a mindset to continue. Um, mm-hmm. You don't shooting a bad arrow and letting it get to you is not is not what you want to do. So, so what what was your final score for that day? Um, it was a six forty, I believe, or six forty one, something like that. So, so with X's, you're. Okay, so you're counting 560 plus. Yeah, with X's. Um, I don't. Extra point. Okay. Yeah. It might have been a 15 or So I dropped, I, I missed a dot after that. Might have been, I don't know, 54 with a miss. Okay. But, so. And where yeah. did you end up in that? As that round comes to a conclusion, where did you end up? At, on the whole field round with the. Whole, the yeah. Uh, eighth. So it did have, it, it definitely had a significant impact after all was said and done, but it could have been much, much, much worse. If, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially, if, yeah. If I would have let it affect me, it could have been bad. You could have dropped, you can make good shots, um, even with a slight frustrated mindset, and you'll, you will just miss X's. You have to be clear in the mind to, to get the X's and execute on all four rows per target. So it, I could have dropped a lot um, if you don't if you don't stay with it. So. It's so it's so hard to do for so many people, um, but it's 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 literally like a you almost like it's not that you don't care, you just don't care about that. You need to care more about. I think what was it? What was your mantra or your your? Yeah. So my I have it written down. It's in my notes. Um, I have a plethora of things, but the the big one is the. Uh, I'm going to stay focused and execute with intent. Yeah. Um, that's the big one I carry with me. Every arrow. Yep. Yeah. Got to shoot it, shoot it in your head first, and then then rubber meets the road, and then you're shooting, you know, one arrow at a time. So. Yeah. That's, oh, gosh, that's such a, that's, that's a very, very good uh, mantra. I love, I love it. Mm-hmm. And so try to communicate that with shooters. What's that? I need to get it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? Call it, uh, you know, the, the mantra t-shirt or whatever. I have, I have one that has on the forearm. So it's like one of those sun shirts and on the forearm, because when I set my hook on the string, I have to look at my forearm and I have um, finished the shot. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's like right here on, on my, on like one of those sun shirts and that's there so that when I, when I am wearing it, or if I choose to wear it for a specific reason, set my hook, it's the last thing that I look at before I reposture and get ready to go through the shot process. And for that reason, you know, it's just one of those things, like there's a, there's a something that that idea of finishing the shot reminds me that my goal is to have the same finish every time. So, um, so like what's, have you always had this mindset? Um, I would say I got it to click in uh, probably last. Actually, I'd probably say a couple, probably a couple weeks before Vegas is when that came to me, um, and I and I kind of thought of that. So, how many years you have you been shooting? Oh, competitively or shooting a bow? Competitive. Oh. Uh, probably 2015 is when I started shooting competitively. Hmm. So that's a long time. The mental side didn't click in until recently. Uh, Imagine that. Yeah, and probably it, 18 is when it clicked. 
So, but it takes time to build that, just like your ability to shoot. You got to, the mental side of it, it's, it's a building block as well. Um, it doesn't, you can't read a book and figure it out. It's something, you know, you have to work on and, and visualization and stuff like that. So, maturity. How long have you been shooting? Um, <laughs> I want to say six or seven uh, is when I started shooting a little, little longbow. Uh, and then I got a compound at nine. And you've always stayed with it. Yep. Good. Yep. It's, it's been a been a big passion of mine. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's. Um, I think it's an important story to tell or talk about. If have you been a pro since 2015? No. Um. I believe. When did I start? I think I shot started in the pro division which you just got to pay to be one but i want to say right. 18 18 or 19 okay so mm-hmm. you're three new. Still, still a young gun yeah yeah absolutely um but i think it it doesn't change the the response shouldn't change it doesn't matter whether you're a pro or not which you know sure we have this you know person that works for one of the largest companies that has been around archery for like ever, um, you know, and you're, you're, you are a professional and you're, you're visible to people, um, in the archery industry and stuff like that. But it's, I think it's important, or maybe the message needs to be though, that it, it doesn't, it's not just you, it's uh, the kid that's on the Joe ad line. It's the parent who is trying to learn about how do I help my, my shooter become better you know, and it's the understanding, like, this is how they become better. Um, taking that approach that, listen, that arrow you just shot doesn't, and the arrow you shot just does not matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as you move forward because of what Larry always talks about, like present process thinking, you need to be thinking about what you're doing in the arrow that's in the bow, not the one you just shot, whether it's all of them in the middle or one that dropped and fell into the wood. Right, Larry? Right, Frank. You're learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and uh, like you said, guess it takes a while to develop that mindset that you know I have only control over this arrow that is knocked on my string, and you know, keeping your mind there uh, takes a lot of discipline. And yeah, it doesn't come right away. And in, in our society, uh, <laughs> most people never get there because our society uh, is everything going on around you is focused on results. And that's always in the future. And uh, so it, it's hard to stay in the present because we're thinking about results. So takes a while to get rid of that result thinking. I actually have something um, that I actually pulled up and read um, after I was walking after the miss, the target that had the miss, and I was walking to the next one. I kind of pulled the phone out, which normally my phone shut down while I'm shooting just because text messages, phone calls, work emails. I, I, I kind of yeah. block it out while I can shoot. Um, but another little paragraph here that I have in my notes, um, stuff, positive affirmations and stuff like that is, um, constantly stop to make sure I'm happy in the process of reaching the goal versus then versus the happiness I think I'll feel. Um, so when, when students or archers have that miss, there's this giant volt uh, through your body that's like, oh, I just messed that up. Well, you, you have that thought because you put something um, above what you're doing, right? Um, so there's, and you do that, and obviously I, I have that. I used to. Um, it kind of went away. I didn't really have um, that little volt when I had the miss because I was so focused on the process of what I have to do to continue what I was planning on doing. Um, you just you, you can't – for students and archers, you can't uh, let stuff like that affect you. You have to be happy in the process before you can ever enjoy and be happy about the outcome. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's another one I have. Yeah, you you have to avoid, uh, have to learn not to make judgmental decisions about yourself and your self-worth 
based on whether you shoot an arrow in the blue ring or off the target face. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't, that's not, that is not a measure of who I am as a person. It's just a task. Yourself. Right. And, and it's very difficult to get in this, it's just a task kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. It's a simple task. It's not who I am as a person. Right. Certainly puts you in the human category. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the something you talked about earlier, the visualization side of things, that is so incredibly important. Or I am using it probably now more than ever. Last night I was shooting blind bail in my yard. And, you know, I don't, a lot of people think, well, you know, blind bail helps, but I think the visual, visual is if you're not using visualization during drills like blind bail and stuff, my imagery, when I'm releasing that arrow, when that arrow pulls through my fingers, or string pulls through my fingers, I'm watching that arrow drop into the 10 ring at 50 meters every time. Essentially, I'm shooting a perfect arrow. Yeah. Do the same thing in between ends or in between line times or before I start a tournament. Standing you know. in the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do while you're in the airport or or on an airplane or whatever? I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, the, the mind is a powerful thing. And um, I think that for some reason, you know, a lot of people have that, that idea. I just shoot archery. I enjoy archery. I love it, blah, 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 blah. And, but they don't take that aspect seriously. And I, are you, I'm assuming you're a bow hunter. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. why wouldn't, why would that not have a positive effect on us on that side of things too? Mm-hmm. That idea of, of watching that arrow just sail flawlessly that perfectly executed shot through the air you know i just don't think it's used or used enough or talked about enough and i'm glad that you brought it up but i also like the fact that you're talking about your journal like you're writing you're writing stuff down that's something that that we teach all the time and you you're talking about it from a professional level i think kids and coaches and parents need to hear that too because it's it's a significant help yeah, because when I, I I write these things down and I have images and quotes and stuff like that, um, but they also help for some. I don't understand it, um, but when I think of um, a shot, right? So where my thumb lays, how everything works, what the thumb, what, what the picture looks like when I'm shooting, um, these things that I have written down on my phone is they all connect somehow. Um, I can read them and then. Sometimes my shot that I, that I think about and how it's supposed to feel like will bleed out because I haven't shot in a couple of days or, you know, whatever. I can read those and it's almost like that image or that feeling of what everything's supposed to feel like comes back. Um, probably because it, it amps up the self-image. Um, it it kind of gets the brain working in a positive way, but it's, it's definitely helpful. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking of thoughts that I would want to, you know, give to students or parents, there's a couple athletes on this, on the earth that are uh, great. Uh, one of them is Michael Jordan, you know, whoever you can have your own fans, but um, his documentary and his mentality um, is something that can really get uh, gears working for someone. If they're, if they're trying to be better or do better. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that you can learn from, from him. Uh, the way he talks, the way he carries himself, he has a very positive self-image and you, you couldn't beat it. Um, so that's something that, I have a quote or two from him that's uh, that's pretty helpful. Um, so just finding things like that that you can work with or read before a tournament or in between ends or you know walking down to the, the score arrows and that type of thing. So yeah, that's a great idea. I never really thought of that in in regards to like you know how do you manage your journal? Do you you know what are the things that you put in there? Does it have to be all archery related? I guess really it doesn't at all. And Michael Jordan. Yeah, don't talk about score. Score is not important. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Don't, I, I, I never, another thing too is uh, at home, I never keep score. Um, I mean, I'll score a Vegas face when I'm done, but that outside when I shoot a field round or when I shoot 50 meter round or 3D, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter because I'm, in my mind, it's, it's, it's geared towards perfection. Um, you can't 
my mind controlled. So for example, um, one of the things prior to Yankton that I struggled with, and I have it in my notes that I tried to get out of my mind, but it was still there is I've never been successful in Yankton uh, in a field round ever in my life. So before this, I went and pulled up the scores from field last year. Uh, the best X count that I had was like 60 something X's uh, in Hunter Warfield, whichever one it was. What, what changed? Well, I practiced last year. I worked hard. Um, what changed was the, the mental side of it. I worked really hard with the visualization, the self-image, controlling the conscious and the subconscious. And I go out field nationals and it magically shoots 93 X's. Why is that? I wasn't keeping score at home. home. Uh, I was focusing on the process, what it takes to be perfect. Uh, so that's few other things that can be very helpful um it's just those visualization things can make your score jump a lot you can work with a coach and work you know on uh, different form and, and form definitely definitely helps you can't have form you can't not have form and be successful you have to have there's certain aspects of it um but definitely the the mental side is something that definitely lacks uh, publicly in archery some people drop talk about it a little bit, but I'm trying to talk more because there's there's a we have so many great archers now that are struggling. You can really open a can for for somebody with the mental game. Um, that would be a great um, panel discussion type podcast if you could pull in like, and 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 maybe this is something to to look at or talk to some of these other archers. You know, some of the professionals like I know Stephen Hansen has gone through some things with like target panic and stuff like that, um, you know, and, and bring a panel of six pros in and have a discussion about what are you going through and how do you, how do you address it? Because I'm willing to bet that there are hundreds, maybe thousands of archers out there going through the exact same thing. And they think that you guys shoot perfect arrows all the time. They also think we stand on a stepping stool. Nothing special. One of the things that I thought of coming up from the young adult division and, and shooting the little U.S. archery events and stuff like that is the mentality that was taught to me was they, the pros put their pants on just like you do. They're nothing, they're nothing special. They, they worked and got where they're at. Nobody just is gifted. You know, everyone had to work a bunch at one time. Everyone's like, well, Jesse Broadwater doesn't practice. He practiced from the age of like nine to you know, he, he worked, <laughs> he may not have to now, I don't have to shoot for a week and can go stand in there and shoot, you know, 28, 29 exits. Well, because of the effort that was put in prior. So, and mm -hmm. the mental part of it definitely helps. But I, I would venture to say that 99% um, of the archer is shooting. When they knock an arrow, raise and draw it, they're running the thought lottery. They are thinking something different on each and every shot. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet my life's fortune on that. That's not all that much, but I bet it. Because I, I know they don't have a disciplined set of thoughts that they think on each and every shot. Yeah. That would make a good book, wouldn't it, Gas? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that, that book is done, and it's at the publisher's. Sweet. Right now. Uh, love to talk to you about it after sometime later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that there's there's a missing one of the reasons that we started II and this podcast was to sort of and you and I talked about it a little bit via text, I think, Gaius, but it's there's a void, there's a little bit of a of an educational void between being a high level competitor and coach and that learning curve of getting there. And I think that's where like topics like this help where you have um, a young inexperienced shooter. And I love Dick Tone uses the notion of, of competition callous or, or anything really in life callous, but like, you know, the calluses you get on your fingers from working hard um, as a construction worker, it's that same callous tournament calloused you know, the, the, there's a lot more stress in me traveling and packing up all of my stuff and going to shoot Vegas versus going to Lancaster. Cause Lancaster is an hour away from me. 
to go shoot the classic. Do you know what I mean? The cat, like there's just so many components that, that are out there. And I think we, we take a lot of that stuff for, for granted. And even in this situation and having someone who's been through it, who is um, a, a relatively new, but not new professional archer dealing with those situations. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years ago, your light bulb went on and you're like, I, I kind of just need to stop caring about what just happened. I just need to focus on what's going on right now because you can't change anything. And you can say it till you're blue in the face, but it's not. But that moment came for me last year at Outdoor Target Nationals. Um, same, you know, just like focus, winds, blow, and it's so much easier when you're shooting Outdoor Target because, you know, wind's blowing and it's, it's raining sideways and then it's, 95 degrees and super humidity 95 percent humidity and no and you're you have all these adverse so that actually helps a little bit but it's that notion that like everybody else is going through the same thing that you're going through or could be at any given time do not worry about anything else that's going on other than what your your task at hand is in the moment and it just it's so it's it's important, I think, for other archers and coaches to hear it from other people. Like Larry, you know, we've talked about similar situations or on the podcast. They can only hear us say it so many times, you know, coming from you and from, from other professionals. It's just, it's invaluable, I think. And uh, I, good friend, I like Dick Tone a lot. He's a great guy. Um, definitely, so the, the competition cows going to more events, you know, there's always nerves. I mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact day where I went to a tournament and it was like, oh, where's the nerves? Where'd they go? Um, but it definitely came from the amount of tournaments that I went to, traveling, camping out for ASAs and IDOs, you know, rooming with people, getting the house, you know, crashing wherever just to shoot tournaments. Um, you know, eventually there will be a point where you go to enough tournaments um, and shoot enough archery where you won't have nerves. However, nerves don't go away forever. <laughs> uh, you get in a, in a one-hour shoot-off or a shoot-off with anybody or even a match, uh, you can, you're going to get them, but it all depends on how you handle it. Um, and that's where you can fall back on, on your, your notes that you have um, and, and everything you work toward mentally. But competition callus is a great way to put it. <laughs> that's yeah. something everyone has to have for sure. I think that extends further, too, to qualifications elimination callus one of you know the the um, head-to-head callus like they're like you can you just you got to keep you got to keep in perspective it's not just competition it's then you get further in that competition you get through qualifications and you get through eliminations and you're in the one eighth and then you're in the one four and then you're in all of a sudden you're in semifinals there's callus that's built into that too mm-hmm. you know dealing with cameras and media and stuff go ahead larry Oh, yeah, I got a little callous my first trip to Vegas as a professional. You tell. Uh, well, I've told, this, I've told this many times before. Uh, my buddy Jack and I, we practiced uh, the evening before the tournament, and then we stashed our bows at the Jennings Compound Bow Booth, you know, behind the curtain and, you know, all concealed. Because it was a long walk from, from the convention center over to the Hilton. Next morning, we go over to get our bows to practice a little bit. And then our starting time was like noon or one. My bow was gone, stolen. So what are you going to do? Yeah, grab somebody else's. Borrow stuff and compete. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. It's time to suck it up. That that builds a little callus. <laughs> or or rushing to make a sight tape last minute to Reading because you know there's always the the newcomers that come to Reading and they realize that the elevation change will change their sight tape. They're like, oh oh, oh yeah, I got to change it. <laughs> yeah yeah, we learned that the first time to the Big Sky Open. Yeah, you know you know you. Step out to 65 yards and your arrows are five inches high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you soon figure it out. 
or you know the last minute you know bow's not holding still type thing oh string, oh, string stretch cables you know yeah. you have a crack everything everything if it can it will happen <laughs> yep yep cracked wheel cracked bearing on the on a wheel wheels slanting and i yeah. it'll going away yeah <laughs> it will happen at the worst time or you pull breaks in the middle of the tournament literally the limb breaks you know I, the one I, thing I, i'd like to throw in here is a, a comment about the um what what the uh, Gaius is calling nerves. It, I mean, you're really talking about performance, performance anxiety. That's that's a general category. Whether you're a, you know, a, a singer, a speaker, a golfer, whatever your activity is, and and if you if you found yourself approaching that activity and you didn't have what you call nerves or the energy of anxiety in you, you might as well pack up and go home. Yeah. Because your, your, your investment of passion is not there. And that'll show in your performance, yeah. whether it's in the arrow, the golf ball, the tone of your voice as you're singing, uh, or you know, whatever it is. I don't know if you're aware of this book, and I'm not selling books here, and especially uh, I have none to sell. Larry has a whole stack of them, um, although I've done uh, uh, enough research to fill a library. But, uh, I, I'm not a professional archer. I'm an archery professional, and I've researched archery neurologically and so forth, what, ha what goes on in your head when you shoot. And, and, and there's a book that uh, I think is really great. It's called the, the, the Practicing Mind. I don't know if you've read it. It's a little, little book, probably 250 pages or so by um, Tom uh, Sterner. And uh, Tom was a, a pianist and then a piano tuner. There, there it is. Uh, there's that stack of books we were talking he, about <laughs> he, he's also yeah, that's, that's a, a here. Doctor. he's a pilot and uh, i mean I, I i i never played an instrument professionally but i'm, I'm a pilot and an archer and do, a, do some other things too speaker was preacher i was a pastor for years and and the best person that ever was teaching about preaching said the same thing if if you don't have that feeling in you that I, I, I just as soon run now rather than get up there. Um, mm -hmm. the, then the passion isn't there. What you need to do, and Tom Sterner talks about it beautifully in his book, learn how to channel that. Use the fuel. energy that runs the machine. I mean, you're, you're the machine. You're, you're the archery machine. You and the bow and gravity and a few other hundred things in, in the natural system are making that error go forward. You're only part of it. You're not completely responsible for it. You're just responsible for your part. And, and if, if you can allow yourself to think that, that way, the, the mantra idea, which is the, almost as old as the stones in the, on the earth, is a way of keeping your mind clear of thinking, but full of passion. A mantra should be as simple as possible. I mean, you, you, you have a long mantra here. It's almost more of a motto, which, which is a, a mantra of some sort. But keep your mind clear of the chatter. Mm -hmm. you know, am I going to do as good as the other person next to me? And so, so further. Never, never forget when my arrow hit the wood, you know, things like yeah. that. Keep your head and, and one other little piece of things, even before you got onto this planet, at about 20 weeks or so, as a fetus, you started to do something on your own. First time ever, as, as, a, as a little critter, you started to chew and chew in the amniotic fluid to practice sucking and eating. Because when you hatch, if you don't know how to do that, you're, you're gonna be on the short short end of the stick pretty quickly because you'll be a failure to thrive baby and, and probably die. And 
as I'm sitting here, this is nice to do on worldwide stuff, but here's my gum. And I discovered many years ago that chewing a piece of gum, you don't have to be chewing it while you're actually shooting, keeps you calm because it's the first thing you ever did under your own control as a live human being on this planet. And if you can practice that and chew the gum, I wouldn't advise a singer to do that. They could choke to death probably. Although Pavarotti chewed gum and kept it under his tongue when he sang. So I don't know if I would do think keep your head clear. Keep it clear because if you can become part of what's going on here, it, it will pretty much go well. You know? Yeah. That was really, really well said. And when you when you mentioned the part of the uh, the you know the feeling inside and, and mm. that type of thing, the first thing that came to mind was like, well, I use it for fuel. <laughs> it's yeah. no longer something that runs through me. It's something that uh, absolutely fuel. So yeah, you 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 start up your vehicle or your motorcycle, whatever you're driving around on, and there's no there's no noise. Now these days with the hybrid things, they don't make a lot of noise, mm-hmm. but but you know when it's running, and if it isn't running, you're not going to go anyplace. No. Uh, it, 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 we we are a physical machine, and we we need that energy to keep going to accomplish what we intend to do. I, I like your idea of intent, mm-hmm. shooting with intent, you know. And I, and I think that, I guess the way I started to channel that energy was, I think, really through that phrase, um, because that is something that I I say almost every time, I should say every time, and then I go on autopilot but and then mess up. But that's definitely, um, it's all very true. That's, I don't know, that's, that whole segment right there should be recorded and put on YouTube. That was really well said. Yeah. It is on YouTube. We just recorded it. Good. Oh, great. <laughs> to be live right now, and it's being recorded, and it will be on YouTube on the International yeah. Archery Institute. Um, part, part of why we started this um, institute or university, as it is, is came out of the, the, the research and work that, that at least the three of us have done and many, many other people. I, I was intending to write a book uh, because of this kind of feeling you're talking about <clears throat> and, and, and why, it's, why, that, why it's so important, how it's part of our health. And I wrote so much, I realized that if I wrote, actually wrote the book, people would get a hernia from carrying it. So when, when all the COVID stuff happened and I saw my grandson and, and wife having him done at the kitchen table doing, doing his classes on Zoom, I thought, now there's a way we could do the, all this material and what Larry knows and what Frank knows and, and the other people we have on here and provide information to people so that they can just keep enjoying our tree and, 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 and making it happen. And, and learning so they can continue. We have other people mm-hmm. on. There's not a lot of continuing education out there in the archery world. And, and that's, you know, that's where we're, that's sort of where we come in, but um we have some questions and comments on the facebook live feed you guys want to get into this a little bit sure so enfron alonso um commented hello there uh hello do you practice visualization techniques and if you did do you visualize only perfect uh uh, shots um larry gaius you guys want to maybe jump in on that one doc you as well from from you know Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, yes, uh, I, I do use visualization. Um, it, I, I only uh, visualize perfect shots. Um, and it, I don't always focus um, on the target of where the arrow hits. I focus on what the target will look like, um, whether it's if you were to do it bare bow, what everything looks like, or with a compound, um, what the scope will look like, the way it comes down, or the way I circle everything up, the way everything feels with my hand, the angle where the button is, that type of thing. Um, so yes, you only want to visualize perfect shots because if you don't, what that'll do is that'll create um, a little pebble in your brain where you're trying to form a boulder of good things. Um, if, even if you have that little pebble, it's weight and that weight will affect your, uh, your self-image. 
So it's yeah. a great way to describe yeah. it. Uh, I, I did all of those. Uh, in my classroom at school, uh, yes, I taught high school mathematics for 35 years. But uh, while I was competing professionally, um, I had a Vegas target spot mm -hmm. on the inside of the closet door in my room, uh, which is right behind my desk. My, my desk was in the front corner of the room. But this closet door was always open during the, during the day while I was teaching. So uh, when I had three seconds and that target spot caught my eye, I could visualize. <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, with three or four seconds, you can visualize yourself being at Vegas, executing a good shot. Just three seconds. Yep. Or if you're driving and you see us, I do the same thing with like a stop sign or a spot, like I'm painting yep. the bathroom. I just remodeled. There was a spot I missed. And I'm looking at it from across the room and I'm just like staring at it, executing a shot on this dot that I didn't paint. Um, so really anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you, you have to be creative at using your time and you can do visualizations anywhere you are at any time. Um, so uh, I would, uh, the, the more that I shot and the more that I've coached now uh, and studied this mental game thing, the most important part of your visualization should be how the shot feels. Because that's what you have control over. So um, that would be a very important part of visualization. And, and being confident. Um, it, and when you're shooting your bow, you want to be confident. But you also want to be confident while you're visualizing. Um, expect nothing, you know, but the middle or, or, or what you're looking for. Yeah, this this shot feels, you know, I, I have control how it feels. It should feel this way. And right, and that that is part of your confidence. You, you know it works. Yep. Yeah, for those watching um, or who happen to watch this recorded version, Jay Bars was on our podcast a few weeks back, and he talked extensively about this as well talked about visualization he talked about his last six arrows in his individual gold medal match how he he stepped up there and shot boom 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 in like 30 seconds and walked off the line and everybody was just looking at like because he had shot those arrows so many times before visually mm -hmm. and oh uh, we just yeah. you know it i it, there's a value to it and i don't think that enough people are really truly taking advantage of it um um let's see here we do have some other comments if you guys are ready to move on um we have uh hawk granville morning from socal how close to tournament conditions should you try to get into training i.e timing lighting background noise um etc etc you guys want to i know I'm going to comment on this one a little bit. And the first thing I'm going to say is if you're not watching the Olympics right now and don't understand the idea of tournament conditions and how valuable it is, watch how well Korea is doing right now and how the fact that they've been training in a replica Tokyo Olympic stadium for the last year. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but in regards to the other stuff, I mean, if I have an opportunity to shoot in rain, I shoot in rain. If it's windy, I try to get out and shoot 50 meters in, in, in the wind. Um, and then obviously more venues you shoot in to get used to lighting conditions is the better off you are. I mean, you guys want to comment on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I practice. It's just two miles from the house is where my local archery club is. So I did my practice shooting here, let's say for indoors uh, and outdoors, I did here at the house, but indoors I was shooting in my basement. And so that's where I did my practicing, experimenting, uh, bow tuning, etc. When I went to my club, 
just two miles away. But when I went there, I shot official scores only. And in my early days, there was a lot of guys there shooting. And it was raucous. You, <laughs> so a lot of noise, a lot of joking, laughing, uh, you know, some stabbing the stabilizer into the floor in disgust, all of that, all of that. It was around me and I had to learn to focus on my shot process. And that paid dividends at tournaments because the, the conditions were, you know, similar to tournaments where there's a lot of crazy input stuff all around you. If you don't have a plan to think on something uh, that contributes to your shot, then all of this clutter gets in if you don't have a plan. I, the way, I mean, I, I shoot compound obviously. So I always try to be prepared for the lighting ahead of time. Like we have, uh, I believe Rio is one of the guys that kind of carries a light reader, a light reader around in Vegas and checks lighting. And I think uh, Greg Poole did that a couple of years ago and actually made our range here at AAE the same lighting. Um, so it's, it's relatively close, but with a compound, uh, a key with that is always be prepared, archery across the board, be prepared. Um, so I can have the little after the peep where you can change the apertures. I can change that. I can change, you know, I can try to adjust, um, and outdoor stuff, you know, it's, I try to get out in the wind, especially the spring and next year, next spring come around for Northern Arizona. I'm going to get outside more because it, the wind does get picked. It picks up a bunch. Um, so I need to, I, I know I need to work more in the wind, but, um, I don't, I don't really have anything to, you know, make make home like the big tournaments. So uh, that's where visualization helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that pretty much covers the questions. Um, you know, it's it's. Um, I think just uh, I just think it's outstanding to be able to put this information out there. I think a lot of people need to hear it or hear. From, you know, from this situation, Larry, your experiences are invaluable because they were so long ago, but it still applies. Like you, you've been through the struggles and have written numerous books, like Doc said, <laughs> a stack of books about that stuff and how you kind of navigated those situations as a professional years ago and how so much of it still applies today. It's not like we don't need to reinvent the wheel per se. We no. just need to understand there's ways that you can sort of expedite the process of dealing with it. Right. And, you know, which, which is a mental skill, how, how do you plan to deal with situations? Yeah. Do, do you have a plan for your thinking? Yeah. When, when you step to the line? Yeah. Or do you run the thought lottery? Like I mentioned a while ago. Thought lottery. <laughs> you, you, you go to a tournament planning to just run the thought lottery. Um, God bless you. <laughs> but you ain't going to be happy with the result. Yeah. Sooner or later, you might get lucky for a little bit, but sooner oh. or later, you know, imagine standing up there in the, um, at the classic, standing on those pedestals, dark room, lights on you, lights on the target, you know, just noise galore, and you're running the thought lottery. <laughs> no thank you oh i've seen it uh i'm, I'm, I'm very close to that situation being being that <laughs> official right there so i see and and i can see people running the thought water <clears throat> and i can see the tension in them and in the place i i look for tension is in archer's necks mm. if you read their necks you can most of the time pick up on whether they're tense or not. Yeah. And if they're tense, God only knows what they're thinking about. And hands too. I see it in hands a lot. Yeah. Mm. Especially in barebow. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you've got to generate a finger release, so yeah, really critical there. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, the neck thing is interesting. I never paid attention to that. That's very intriguing. I'm going to pay attention now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if your neck is tight, your chest can't expand. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So if you add tension, and this is way off topic, but if you add, you start adding tension by shooting with one eye closed, you'll even if you do shoot with one eye closed, or say you're you're a um, you make it fuzzy and you just do the the hairy eyeball clear it up, and then all of a sudden in a tense situation you catch yourself closing it because you you don't realize you do it. Um, I was watching the Olympics and I the Olympics is a great analytical way for a, from a coaching standpoint to watch people shoot because you can see grip hands. They have a really good camera angle of the bow hand of all of the shooters. And you can see people who are taking that thumb and they're jamming it into the side of their riser. Yeah. And, and you can see the people who are super relaxed on their bow hand or they're shooting, shooting and they're like way out like this as opposed to super relaxed and just chill. And you can see the difference. Like you can watch the arrow, you can watch everything break and you're like, yeah, that's not going in the middle. And then it's boom, <laughs> one o'clock eight. And then you see somebody who's super relaxed and the timing is perfect. You know, like it's just, they come into anchor and it's expand, boom. And you just see this fluid finish and it think right in the middle. And you can see the difference in the tension in the shooters, I mean, in the camera angles we have now are crazy. So it's almost a better view than seeing it live. And, you know, I, I was working with a shooter this weekend about, about that and incredible amount of tension in the bow hand. Incredible. Like, like, oh yeah, beautiful 45 degrees. Yeah. Well, is that enough? This, this pinky kept coming out like this at full draw. And I'm, and I said, I was like, why can't you get ready? It's like, I don't even know I'm doing it. So until you consciously work on that, you know, same with the facial and the neck pressure. And I learned that from Larry um, and, and well, not just Larry, but John and, and John Demmer and Grayson Partlow, like shooting barebow. My target panic is night and day difference when I have my other eye open. Yeah. You close the eye, I get all sorts of herky jerky, you know, but when it's, when it's open, so when I shoot with glasses on and I can blank out the left side of my eye at full draw, you know, just scotch tape or whatever, so that I don't see, it clears up the arrow for me and I can shoot with both eyes open because of my vision though, if I have both eyes open, I see two arrows. Mm -hmm. so I think there's, there's somebody else out there that has that same problem. It might be Paige Pierce. I'm not about to say Paige. Yeah. I see, yep. I see two arrows. So I have to find a way to navigate that. Um, but it makes a difference. So if I close one eye, I'm just creating tension then all the way down into my neck. That's like the hand position thing that Larry talks about too, with your release aid, the, the, the tension that happens here, mm -hmm. right. And your pec yep. into your shoulder, if you go like this. Yeah. That, that connects into your chest right there. Yeah. So is that, that going to inhibit that roll up? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There's just so many things that, that add to the way that we deal with these high pressure situations that we don't even, you know. Uh, there's, there's a word I just totally, I heard it all, all, all the last five or six, eight days with interviews with uh, Olympic athletes. Well, how do you get ready for the pressure? How do you do pressure this, pressure that? Oh. If I had my brothers, we would eliminate that word totally because it doesn't exist. There is no such thing as pressure. Moments of high person. Not a thing. And, but yet people continually talk about it and, you know, create a mountain out of nothing. <laughs> that's another subject. <laughs> that is another, that's another topic. pet peeves. Yeah. All right. That's good. I think people should continue to watch the Olympics and, and, and analyze some of that stuff and listen to what Lyre just said. You know, it's not really pressure. It's just a, a moment of high personal value that we put yes, on There you go. And how have you prepared to deal with the situation and your body in a high personal value moment? 
that's great stuff yeah um Gaius, where can we follow you where can people find you um et cetera, et cetera? I am on Facebook, Gaius and Carter Archery, and then uh, Instagram, which is Gaius underscore Carter. That is me. Awesome. Um, well, you have a, I don't, I don't have anything else. If Larry or Doc, you guys want to bring anything up or, or, or add anything. Um, but I would like to thank you for coming on uh, the, the discussion and the impromptu, the, the uh, situation at hand was sort of appropriate. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoy, you know, keeping up with stuff like that. And I'm glad that we, you texted me and we, we were able to kind of chat about what really happened because um, people need to know how to navigate that stuff and having real experience of people who are out there doing it weekend after weekend after weekend and all year long, I think is invaluable to those that are aspiring to be a better archer, maybe even a professional. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's all she wrote, folks. Great. Uh, for those of you on Facebook, thanks for joining us and, and submitting questions and viewing. Um, those of you who are um, just joining in or just joined in, you can watch this on YouTube. It will be on our YouTube page probably in a few hours. Uh, so you can come back, rewatch it, get some of this information. And that is it. Thank Sign you, Gaius. Thank you. Yes, pleasure, Gaius. Um, I'm sure I'll see you around. <laughs> May I give you a call? I'm sure Frank has your number. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sure thing. We're You're good. We're um, we're no longer live on uh, Facebook, so you're Ooh. good there. But anyways, um, Archie Coachcast episode eighteen, handling those bad arrows with Gaius Carter from AAE. Um. You're going to enjoy this one. You're definitely going to enjoy this one. Talk about recovering from making those bad shots and being able to just move on. Move on. Enjoy, everyone.